Welcome to the Turnpike Brothers podcast. That's how it all became the yeah. this Turnpike unitedness. So I'm North Jersey, you're South Jersey. The deep South. I relate to you guys. Deal with the struggles up there, you know. Okay, here we are for episode four. So, do you know what I heard? I learned that four things means in like movies or music or anything like you know like a three is a trilogy yeah i had no idea I, I was trying to figure it out so there's two there's a quadrology and a tetralogy uh i like tetralogy better it sounds cooler so this is our tetralogy episode once this is uploaded and aired and everybody can listen to it four four up four down all right That's yeah it. now that Mighty goes along yeah that goes along with our theme. So we decided, you know, we came up with a theme and we kind of referenced it last episode. I know we were throwing around the four hour podcast idea, but we decided to go with something else. Well, we still don't know yet. It, it could end up being four hours. It could be depending on how this goes. We have decided that we are going to do our four, our, our best and worst fourth movies of a franchise and our top four fourth best albums of and fourth worst albums of artists that we like i'm so glad you did that because i would have completely butchered all that so thank you i'm pretty sure i still did (laughs) (laughs) it's like when you go to wendy's and they had the four the four for four 44 menu so it's like four dollars and 44 cents and it's four items so every time i go up there i always sound like an idiot trying to order it so <laughs> i feel yeah, like that i was, feel the pain that was awesome when they had that and then they like changed the price and ruined everything with it yeah, now but, it's like 20 dollars, and that's yeah <laughs> yeah you need to take like a mortgage on your house to go to fast food now <laughs> so we're going to talk about the tetralogy of movie franchises right so the fourth one and we want to get to that because we have a lot to say. We have, like I said, two two lists in each category. So it's four lists total. So we want to get to it. Now we're going to start with the music. Now I want to preface it with this is only artists we like, right? This is not the greatest albums or the worst albums in like music history because that would be literally impossible to know every single music that's been out there for the fourth album of every artist or every type of music. So it's just what we like. Uh, and I'm sure you had the same thing, but I had a f- big struggle with finding bad ones for artists I like, right? So I went through a lot of these albums. I made a list of kind of like the fourth album for all these different artists that I like. And a lot of them are really good. A lot of people have really good fourth albums, which I actually was kind of surprised about because there's other bands that I like that by the fourth album, they might be kind of going downhill a little bit. It happens a lot. Uh, but it's surprising how many artists actually have great albums at the fourth. So it was tough to come up with a bad list. And I just want to say, and I'm sure it's the same for you. It doesn't necessarily mean they're bad albums. It just means for their fourth album, for that artist that we like, we just think it's not maybe up to par of some of their other albums. Yeah. The same thing goes to say with the, the, our, for our fourth favorite album um as well but might not be the best album in their catalog but it's the fourth one so that's why we're talking about it so exactly exactly so don't freak out when we say an album and people are like you know oh my god what are the idiots that how could they say that album's like is bad it's not bad we're not necessarily saying it's bad it's just it's the fourth album and we might consider it the worst one of the worst in their catalog potentially it's because Kevin picked all these crazy things that he knows people are going <laughs> to yell at him for. So he, like, he's, he's getting it out of the way right now. You know? Yeah. <laughs> people are going to freak out. We're going to freak the F out. So the fourth I have, and this fourth spot was the top three were pretty easy. The fourth one was hard. I mean, I had so many albums. Uh, and then I have like a few honorable mentions that I'm sure you do as well. That kind of shows why it's really hard to make just the top four. Uh, when there's so many good albums. But the fourth one I picked was, uh, it was a bit of a theme, actually, with my top four. 
three of the albums, the top three, kind of are albums that show that the artist had something greater still down the road to come. It was almost kind of like a uh, preface to what was coming for the band or a really big album for them. The fourth one that we're going to start with is actually a reverse. It's a comeback album. One of, in my opinion, one of the greatest comeback albums um, of RSI like at least. So what I picked was Black Gives Way to Blue by Alice in Chains. So if you've never listened to it, whoever's listening, uh, great album. It's the first album since Lane Staley passed away. They came up with their last album with Lane Staley in 1995. Black Gives Way to Blue came out in 2009. Oh, that's so, a big, big gap there. Yeah. Um, obviously, it took a lot of healing by Jerry Cantrell uh, because of his losing his friend. And, and Lane Staley died such a horrible death in 2001 uh, where, you know, he died from a heroin overdose, but they didn't find him till like a week or two weeks later in his tub. Um, it, it's a, it was a real bad way. And he, he was in real bad shape the last few years. And I know it hurt the Allison Chains guys, especially Jerry Cantrell who wrote all the songs with them. And they were kind of like, you know, they were kind of like the McCartney and Lennon of Allison Chains or whatever. Mm-hmm. And hurt him a lot. So you can feel the emotion on this album. This emotion is uh, on this album from him is just, you can feel it. Uh, they got a new singer, William Duvall. Does a great job on Alice in Chains songs. You know, we saw them together over the uh, in October. Yeah, so, we just saw them. They were they yeah. were great. He was awesome. They very good, very good concert. Yeah, he does a great job. He doesn't try to be Lane Staley. He does like his own style, but it, it comes across mm-hmm. really well. Uh, so these were all new songs, obviously. Jerry Control wrote them all, and, and just just great songs. Great introduction to the new singer, which I know a lot of people are usually very down about. And there's the actual song on there, the title track. Black gives way to blue. I mean, you listen to it. If you know what it's about, it's it's hard not to get emotional. Uh, he does a great live performance on it on this um, English show. It's called uh, Later with Jules Holland. Uh, it's a great show. Uh, he's like a a session piano guy, and he started the show in in, in England. I'm sure you could see him on BBC America or whatever. Uh, and he always does like it's always he always has different music people on and kind of like interviews him and stuff, but. He does a great live performance of the song Black Was Way to Blue. And you could just see like he was like holding it together. Um, so just a great comeback album. A lot of emotion. They've never they've released another three albums after, and they've never quite gotten to the level of this one. Uh and I I just it's a great it's a great album, and I definitely suggest listening to it. Uh and it's uh one of the best comeback albums I've ever seen from an artist I like. So that's my fourth one. What are you rolling with, Dan? All right. So my number four is drum roll, Kiss Destroyer. Yes. This, this album's awesome. So um, this album came out in 1976. Uh, it's got 10 songs on the album. Uh, my favorite songs on there is Detroit Rock City, God of Thunder, Shout It Out Loud, and Beth, of course. Everyone loves Beth. So... I love those songs are great. There's plenty of other good songs on there too. Um, I've seen kiss twice. I saw them the first time with Aerosmith back in like, I think 2003 and, uh, right. And yeah, they opened, they opened for Aerosmith and they blew them out of the water. Like Aerosmith was off their honking on Bobo tour or something. So they're doing that blues album, which I don't know if anyone's Aerosmith fans, probably not. But uh, they're, uh, it's a very bad album, and it was a, a very underwhelming show. I have seen Aerosmith once before. Um, I saw them this time, and it was their Nine Lives, which actually is I, my favorite uh, Aerosmith album is Nine Lives. And uh, that tour was awesome. They had a lot of cool stuff going on. Um, but, yeah, this, this, they're very underwhelming. But Kiss was awesome. And I, I've always been was a kind of fan of kiss but not like a really big fan after i saw them on this tour specifically i became i I was hooked i saw them live and i was like these guys are awesome a lot of energy you know i know they're all crazy in their personal lives i really don't care too much about that i'm more interested in their music and just their their presence their stage presence they're they're just they're they're cool they're awesome 
Um, we also got to go to the Kiss Mini Golf when we were in Vegas, uh, you and I. And that place was awesome. They had a, it was like a monster mini indoor golf place. So <laughs> yeah. everything's got like Kiss themes and Kiss music. And when we were there, this uh, lady came up to us and she's like, oh, do you guys want us to play any, any requests? Because they had like a DJ there. And for some reason, my mind went blank. And uh, the first thing I thought of was the song uh, called I Pledge Allegiance to the State of Rock and Roll. <laughs> and the lady looked at me like, is, she said, she's like, is that a real song? I was <laughs> like, hell yeah. How do you not know this? <laughs> uh, yeah, the song's awesome, by the way. And that's on their Psycho Circus album, which... I, I think a personal, personal favorite first. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's that's my uh, that's my take on it. Um, it has a cool cover. Uh, all of them are kind of like I don't know, busting out of this like this cliff or something. It's it's cool. It's a cool looking cover. I I have my record. I got from um, this local record place. There used to be a lot more of them. This called Tunes and. Uh, is it got it was like yeah, obviously it's used so it has like some kind of like weird bumper sticker on it it's like <laughs> sailors know to have how to have fun or something like that <laughs> they do they do yeah so I, I i have that permanently on my kiss uh record so that's that's that's, that's uh, awesome awesome yeah it makes it cooler i think so it, it definitely does i'm pretty sure paul and gene would 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 be all about that so yeah they must be sailors or something i don't know they, they always yeah. they always seem to have fun so they, they apparently yeah and a funny story with that album too is uh i kind of started my vinyl collection not too long ago where i started really to get back into vinyl which came at the perfect time because then they kind of vinyl came back after being gone for like years and the first vinyl i really started with was you got me as a gift for i believe it was christmas because you got me a record player and then you got me the, and you got me destroyer so the destroyer kind of started my record collection too my vinyl yeah. collection that's a good one to start with, man. It is. So I have, to, I have you and Kiss and Destroyer to thank for, for starting my vinyl collection. So moving on. Uh, so now is my third, number three. And this is where it starts my kind of theme. And it wasn't on purpose. It just kind of happened, I guess, of albums that kind of jump-started uh, an artist's career to the stratosphere. And it was, it was, it was, they were signs of seeing something that was coming down the line. So my first one that I'm talking about, released in 1971, is Hunky Dory by David Bowie. So uh, the album after this is, was released was Ziggy Stardust and The Spiders from Mars, which is, I consider, and actually a lot of people, I think even like Rolling Stone magazine, when they did their top albums, it's considered like one of the top five albums of all time, Ziggy Stardust. So Hunky Dory... Yeah showed you what David Bowie was going to become because he, he really wasn't doing much before that. So he had, he had a debut album called just David Bowie total failure. And I think like 67, nobody listened to it. It's not bad, but it's not great. Then he released a day, another album called David Bowie again, literally. So he has two self-titled albums because the first one was such a failure that nobody listened to. They said, let's try it again. Uh, and that's where you get like space oddity. So, you know, obviously a really popular song, that album still didn't do much. Then he came out with Man Who Sold the World, which is a great song. Mm-hmm. Not a great album. It's uh, it's a little underwhelming. Yeah. And then, so he's done three albums, not really doing much. And here comes Hunky Dory, which is an awesome album and showed his songwriting capabilities and what was going to happen come Ziggy Stardust and then Aladdin Sane and then Diamond Dogs. And then obviously David Bowie just takes off from there. But he has one of his, what I consider maybe his greatest song he ever wrote on this album, which is Life on Mars. Oh, yeah. Which is also happens to be my favorite TV show of all time. That's a separate discussion. Great TV <laughs> show as well. Yeah, love I, it. That to you guys. So Yeah. Yeah. Well, Lena and I both love that show. It was an awesome show. So do I. One of my favorite shows of all time. Uh, only two seasons. I don't want to get into it because I can keep going on all about it. But uh, if you like English TV, and you can find Life on Mars, the TV show, which is kind of kind of semi-based on the song. The creators just love the song because it's a great song, and they decided they were going to make a show with the, the title and just kind of like put a show around it. Uh, it's it's a, it's a great show, one of the best endings of, I've ever seen in a TV show. So, but it has Life on Mars, one of the best songs he ever wrote. 
It has uh, Oh You Pretty Things, which is another amazing song. Just great, great songs. And it was really the where he kind of started to realize uh, that he's going to make like a character and kind of instead of trying to be like a normal guy, he's going to kind of do this, this over the top crazy character, rock and roll character. And that's eventually why we get Ziggy Stardust. Uh, so Hunky Dory is a great album to start with David Bowie. If you've never really listened to him, because you can see what he's going to be doing. And then it leads right into Ziggy Stardust, which is definitely one of the best rock and roll albums of all time uh, from top to bottom. Just a great album. So, that's why I went with his fourth album of Hunky Dory as my number three. So what do you got at three? I have now, I guess I don't know if you consider this a comeback album, but uh, it pretty much made them. Uh, I picked queen a night at the opera. So when this, this album came out in 1975, uh, the previous three albums they really didn't make too much money off of i don't know if there was some kind of legal issue i forget i saw the movie too and i think they touched on this a little bit so um this album had to make a profit for them to continue on making um making more albums making more songs so this they, they had a lot riding on this album and uh this album is awesome um this is it's got so many great hits on it. There's 12 songs on there. Um, Lazing on Sunday Afternoon. Uh, You're My Best Friend. Bohemian Rhapsody, of course. Like, And the, the very popular I'm In Love With My Car song. <laughs> very popular. Very good song. Probably one of their best songs of all time. No, definitely not. Um, but a little, <laughs> a little side note, actually. This song is very dear to my heart because uh, I we played it at my wedding uh is the song my wife and i danced to for our song was uh you're my best friend because she is so um yeah yeah it was a very uh you know it's a a song this album means a lot to me and uh, i do like queen a lot uh when even when i was a kid i always had like um, my parents records they weren't really mine and uh i'd always listen to them um this this one in particular and uh the one with the the robot on it. I always draw a blank on the name of it, uh, but that album's cool too. But this this album's great, man. There's lots of good stuff on it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Your um, Bohemian Rhapsody, which is you know, yeah, is a hit. Like that is that's probably one of their most popular song, if not their most popular song. And uh, yeah, man, this is this is a great album. So uh, if you if you <laughs> I, everyone knows Queen, but if you don't know Queen, you sh- you definitely need to listen to this album at least. Uh, it's it's got it's got a bunch of hits on it, and there's a lot of stuff that they you know you might not have heard of before because it's a it's a 12, 12, 12 song list, and the, some of them more obscure songs, but instrumentally they're amazing, and they did a lot of experimental stuff on this album, and it it sounds great, and well, well before its time, I think it's uh, very very great album so it's uh it's news of the world the one with the robot right yes yes yeah. yep i always draw a blank on it but yeah news of the world uh, that that album's awesome too i'm the big big uh big queen fan so so that's kind of amazing so you know that kind of fits into again unintentional by me but my theme of albums that kind of broke out an artist and you and and, and kind of a sign of what's to come with them um mm-hmm. that seems to be funny that a lot of these artists, their fourth album was the the come out party. Yeah, um, and make or break. You know, you got yeah. it. It's interesting. This, this is it. Yeah. So again, to continue that theme. Another band that was, and from the '60s, competing with the Beatles, competing with the Rolling Stones. Obviously, the two biggest bands of the '60s really weren't fighting their footing. You know, they had hits, and they were getting like a. They were more punk for what punk was back in that day but they weren't really getting a huge amount of airtime or, or even respect until they released this album, uh, which again, just showed what was more to come and just amazingness after this. And it helped them pretty much take over the seventies and become one of the biggest bands of the seventies. And that would be my number two pick, which is Tommy by the who. Oh yeah. Uh, I love Tommy. It was a great right. album. What an amazing fourth album. This showed, what Pete Townsend could do showed how much of a genius he was. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Cause their first beginning songs, you know, they were very sixties popish, you know, a little more rocky, a little more rocker and punky than, than um, the Beatles were. Um, whereas the Beatles were experimenting the who were still very basic guitar and drums and all that, but it really, you didn't really see it Tommy what they could do and how much of a genius Pete Townsend is at writing. So it's what you would call a concept album, right? Or what we then became to know as a rock opera. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. So we got a rock opera, uh, which definitely influenced many, 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 many artists after this to start doing these type of things. Obviously, uh, they made a movie out of it. Yes. I love this movie. I watched as a kid, I had to watch this movie a million times. I don't know why, but I, I mean, I, I, I like the movie a lot, but it's not rare. It's not a kid's movie at all by any, by any means. And, uh, I would watch this movie all the time. I absolutely love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's just awesome. And then, you know, this just led to, you know, amazing things like who are you? Uh, you know, won't get fooled again. Uh, the, the whole who's next album is just amazing. Yeah, Senia, the, his next rock opera, uh, which has some of the greatest songs he ever wrote, like Love Rain Over Me, and you know, just amazing things. And it all started here with Tommy, and it just yeah. showed again what Pete Townsend could do and how much of a genius he was, and just how great a storytelling in music you could do, and how just talented all four of these guys were. Uh, in the band uh, definitely one of the best albums of all time and if you've never listened to Tommy from start to finish just awesome uh, if you want to kind of hear the album while in a movie setting then watch the movie just great uh, and yeah. a lot of good people in the movie like Tina Turner and Oliver Reed and um, just 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 great people um, Elton John shows up. He's the pinball wizard, right? Yeah. Uh, Jack Nicholson's in it for a little Jack bit. Nicholson, right? Yeah. He's yeah. the doctor, right? Or whatever. Yeah. Uh, he's the doctor. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I got a chance to see the, the actual rock opera. Like they did like, a, I guess it's a play. I don't know. It's not really an opera, but they, uh, they actually, I actually got to see a, a live performance of this and it, it was great. They changed the story a little bit from, from the uh, movie. I don't know if this the the play I saw was it's been it was so long ago that I saw it. I don't remember if that was more of because I know Pete Townsend had a different take on the the whole his idea for the album opposed to the way they did the movie. So I know they took some liberties because the story's a little bit different. And when you watch the play, it's different. So I don't know if that one was the play was more like his envision or the movie or more like the movie or they just kind of did their own take on it. So. Right, right, yeah. No, it's 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 great. So, what do you have at your number two? Number two, uh, this is another one. I mean, now we're getting now we're getting to my favorite bands right here. Mm-hmm. So, uh, number two, uh, which is my my second favorite band, the Foo Fighters, one by one. This album, man, they they uh, they kicked it full force on this album. All all their this isn't my favorite Foo Fighter album. I mean, right. I really love this album. This is great, but there's you know, there's so many good albums they have, but this one's awesome. You got songs like All My Life on there, Low, uh, Times Like These. And uh, this is the first album that um, Taylor Hawkins was actually on. Uh, he, Dave Grohl didn't do the drums on this album. He usually did the, he did the drums for all the other albums. I think Taylor Hawkins at the time, he might have toured with them before this album, but he didn't record anything with them. Mm. He, Taylor Hawkins originally was playing with uh, Alanis Morissette. So he came on board for the Foo Fighters when they, they, they kicked their other drummer out. And uh, so this is the first recording of uh, Taylor Hawkins. So that's, that's pretty okay. awesome. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know yeah. that. That's cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've seen, I've seen them. I see most of these people cause they're like my favorite band on this list live. So I seen them twice. Uh, same deal. I saw them with red hot chili peppers and they opened for the chili peppers. And this was probably their second or third album it wasn't this album and uh they were awesome they blew the red hot chili peppers out of the water i i do like the chili peppers a lot but uh this they 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 outperformed them it was an awesome show i was always a fan of the food fire so it's not like this not like the kiss concert where this kind of changed my mind on them like i knew going in i would like them and uh they 
they were awesome. And uh, I can't talk more about this album. There's, there's so many good songs on it. I could listen to the whole album without skipping a song. And uh, yeah, it's a lot of albums you can't really do that with. You're like, oh, I heard this one. They yeah. didn't really beat these songs to death either. I don't think um, right. when they uh, when they were on the radio, I guess. Uh, they, you know, so that, that always helps too. So maybe yeah, like no. times like the, they, they might have played that one a little too yeah. much. But for the yeah. most part, I mean, this song is awesome. So it's this this song is this album. He does a lot more of his like screaming vocals into mm-hmm. in it too. So it's a lot harder than his other albums. I always think that's pretty cool when he does that because uh, he. I mean, he always did it in his other albums, but it was like maybe one or two songs. Almost like every song on his album has some version of him doing his famous girl screams. So uh, yeah. it's it's an awesome album that you need to listen to it definitely if you haven't. Yeah, definitely. Foo Fighters are, are great and obviously still going. So, still going strong. Uh, we'll see what happens post Taylor Hawkins here. But yeah. they, uh, they, they have, there's going to be album um, tour dates. And the guitarist, uh, Chris, I forget his last name, but he uh, by accident leaked that they are probably working on a new album as well. So, We'll oh, see what wow. there. I know that. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, Dave Grohl got pretty mad at him. <laughs> he had to apologize. <laughs> so, but uh, we'll see if I don't know if Grohl's going to be back on the drums or they're going to get somebody else. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, before we get to our number ones, I have a couple just quick honor- honorable mentions I'm going to mention that didn't make the list. I'm sure you do too. So, real quickly, I'm going to have these are the fourth album of artists that, you know, really, really good. Uh, so you have Turnstiles by Billy Joel. Why that album is great is because you have Miami 2017, which is a great song. You have New York State of Mind. Uh, and there's a couple other like real, real big, awesome Billy Joel hits on that album. Uh, so that's a really a great album that could have made uh, you know, a top list. You have uh, Sonic Temple by a really underrated band, of I think, called The Cult. Not a lot of people know The Cult these days. Uh, and they're kind of undergroundish a little bit. Um, you know, they were much bigger in the late eighties and early nineties, but, uh, great, just great band. Their first four albums are all good, but this fourth one was their magnum opus their you know, uh, their greatest album that they did. Uh, really awesome. Black hole and revelations by muse. Just another amazing album. I know you're a muse fan. Oh yeah. They're uh, awesome. This was kind of like their blow up album, which made them absolutely huge. Uh, Mad Men Across the Water by Elton John, a great album. Yeah, I was gonna. Put, I, that was going to be one of my honorable mentions. I, Elton John's awesome, and uh, that's a great album, definitely. Uh, we mentioned them earlier, but Rocks by Aerosmith is actually, <laughs> it's considered by most Aerosmith fans to be actually their greatest album. So. Yeah, no, it, it it is a good album actually. I, I, I do make fun of them a lot, but that uh, it, it is a, it is a very good album, definitely. Uh, Super unknown by Soundgarden, which is just, I mean, pff, amazing. Fell in Black Days, My Wave, mm-hmm. Black Hole Sun is on that. It's just, just yeah, awesome. That's awesome. a great album. Uh, 10,000 Days by Tool was kind of um, a semi-comeback album for them because uh, they, they take like 100 million years between albums for some reason. And uh, just awesome. I mean, uh, just an amazing, amazing album. So it's kind of like quick hitters I have for honorable mentions before we get to our first what do, what do you have do you have any honorable mentions uh yeah i got one um big one uh because you, you hit some of the ones that i was gonna hit but uh stone temple pilots number four uh funny enough that's what they call it but uh <laughs> it's uh this album's great it's got sour girl on it um alana uh, a lot of really good songs on here and uh it's i would say it's probably my favorite stone temple pilots album actually wow. okay yeah wow. i, I I've always been a fan of them, but I kind of like, I don't know, I just got really into them more recently, maybe the last year. So uh, I can really appreciate their stuff. And I do like a lot of their, their stuff even after um, this album too. So, but this is, this is a great album. I love it. It's, I've listened to it a ton of times in the last couple of years. And uh, yeah, that's definitely my honorable mention. I almost, I almost put on there, but these other bands, man, I, I couldn't, I couldn't, yeah. do it. if we yep. did a top five, it would have been on there. Yep. Uh, 
Yeah, it was it was definitely up there. I was, that's why I had to mention those bands because it was so hard to come with the top four with all those yeah. all those albums. And uh, isn't that isn't Sour Girl? Isn't that the video? Is is it is it Sarah, Sarah Michelle Gellar's in the video? Yeah, that, yeah, Buffy yeah. the Vampire Slayer. She's in yeah. there. Yeah. And the Teletubbies are not really Teletubbies. But <laughs> oh, that's the Teletubbies. right, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great right. video. Uh, yeah, okay. man, he's got some sick dance moves in that video. He does. Well, he always did. So yeah. Uh, so our number ones. So this is the album that blew, really blew up this band. Their first three were, are very, very, very good, but they were kind of underground. Uh, and this album absolutely blew them up and, again, led to even awesomer things. Uh, and it has their most popular song of their catalog on it, which is uh, Led Zeppelin 4. So Led Zeppelin 4, from top to bottom, is just an awesome, heavy, hitch-in-the-face rocking album. Uh, obviously, it's got Stairway to Heaven on it. Yeah. So it's like you know. the ultimate rock album. This album. This is, it this really is, is. This is probably the best album that's like, I know I have not one hits later, but this is probably the best album that is on any of either one of our lists, to be honest. Like this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, things like Black Dog, Rock and Roll, and Misty Mountain Hop, and again, Stairway to Heaven, which is, uh, I think, their only number one hit they've ever had, actually. I know it was definitely their first wow. number one hit. Yeah, it might have been their only number one in the you know the top whatever one hundred Billboard or whatever it was back then. Uh, That's why you can't go for these things, man. They they don't know what they're talking about sometimes, you know. <laughs> I know, uh, and it just led to you know it led to physical graffiti later on, which mm. is one of my favorite Zeppelin albums. Um, I might like it more than Led Zeppelin Four. I'm not sure. It's got great songs like Cashmere, of course, which is yeah. awesome. On it. Um, and it's, it's just very it's, good albums, but yeah, I like four the best. It's it's, awesome. it's very good. Uh, again, I'm sure everyone's heard Led Zeppelin four or most of the songs on it, but if you've never really listened to the whole album from start to finish, definitely recommend it. Uh, it just hits you in the face constantly. It's it's just awesome. Um, yeah, what, I was just listening to it when I was at the gym preparing. Yeah, there you go. And I listened to the whole album. It was awesome. I was like, man, this, yeah. this is a great album. I should have put it on my list. <laughs> <laughs> So what do you what do you have as your number one? What do you what do what did Dan uh, come my, my favorite band, the Beatles. I had to put them yeah. on the list. If we if it would have been any any part, like if it would have been the the first song of their catalog, the second the second album of the catalog, any any album, I love every single album by the Beatles. It's my favorite band. Yeah. Yeah. It was my first favorite band as a child. I've always been a fan, as far as I can remember. And uh, their their first album, well, not their fourth album, is uh, Beatles for Sale. That's their UK fourth, and then their US fourth because they didn't all come out here. Right. Um, would have been uh, Hard Day's Night, mm. but uh, I'm going to focus on UK um, Beatles for Sale since I guess it's technically their fourth right. album. So uh, it came out in 1964. Uh, this is the peak Beatlemania. So this pretty much made them. I mean, they were big before this, but this made them big in the United States. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, they did all their their press tours and stuff like that and all their touring and all that. But you got some great songs on here. Um, this has got 14 songs on it. Uh, I'm a loser. Yeah, uh, babies, yeah, babies in black. Uh, yeah. I'll follow the sun eight days a week. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... Yeah, lots of amazing songs. The whole the whole album's awesome. Uh, you can't go wrong with the Beatles. Um, I got to see another band. I got to see, but sort of. I got to see half fifty percent of the band. <laughs> so I uh, seen Paul twice. Paul's awesome. Saw him um, just recently with my wife, and uh, it was her favorite concert she's ever been to. And I I think he was better the second time seeing him, which is pretty crazy to say because wow. you know he's up there now. He's like yeah. eighty. Yep. And we just saw you, me, and our wives just went to go see Ringo's last concert. I think both of us saw maybe. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, Ringo was awesome, man. He's very charismatic. He's doing his little dancing, and uh, yeah, yeah, man. He was uh, he was doing awesome. You know, uh, I like I love these guys. They're awesome. And uh, Hard Day's Night. They made several movies. Even as a kid, like I used to love watching these movies. Hard Day's Night is another one with Tommy and all those music movies i would i'd watch i guess kids would normally be watching sesame street and sing-alongs like that and i'm watching like <laughs> you know tina turner talking about the acid queen and uncle ernie doing whatever he does and 
you know, the Beatles doing all their funny stuff that they do. So, uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Beatle maniac. So. That's an awesome childhood. So, you know, I got yeah. <laughs> That's an awesome childhood. And yeah, and it, I would say it's, it, it, they really hit their stride in their, in their songwriting on that album too. That's really yeah. like where then they like took off with their songwriting and, and just got better and better and better and better. So, yeah. Yeah. Great this is when they had to the turn, they had, they did the turn to like, I mean, I would say, probably rubber souls more of that turn but right it's, it's uh yeah this it's, it's going in a different direction at this point and uh a lot of country feel on this album it's very yeah. very country yeah which uh i'm not a huge country fan but there are a lot of influences you can tell um country influences on that um yeah like babies in black that's a very country type song yeah i'm, I'm a loser definitely definitely yeah. country mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah, no, great album. Okay, so to switch gears now, now we're going to go to our worst. The Stinkers. Uh, the Stinkers. Well, you know, maybe not yeah. Stinkers, but what what we think artists we like that maybe the album didn't live up to what we hoped, um, what we expect from that artist. So Yeah, yeah these are bands that we actually like, so that's, yeah. that's why they're, you know, on this specific list, so. Right, and again, it was hard to make. Uh, now, I'm gonna not, I'm not going to talk about these as much because I don't want to bash them too much. So I'm going to run through pretty quick and we'll alternate again. Yeah. But I'm going to start with uh, it's called Eat the Elephant by A, Par- a Perfect Circle. Yeah. Um, I love A Perfect Circle. Uh, it's Mater James Keenan from Tool's other band. Uh, when Tool kind of took a break towards the late 90s, early 2000s, he got together with some other guys uh, and um, formed another band called The Perfect Circle. And I absolutely love them. They have they only have four albums. First two, absolutely awesome. Third one, it was like a covers album, only had one original song on it. Eh, you know, cover albums are all right. Uh, and then kind of like Tool, who took a break for years and years and years, Tur- Perfect Circle took a ridiculous hiatus. So people were very excited for this album coming out. Uh, it was not good. <laughs> it was not good. <laughs> Just like the last Tool album, that people waited, I think, 13 years for after the 10,000 days, which I mentioned before, uh, was absolutely terrible. So I think Maynard James Keenan's kind of lost his edge. You know, he's gotten older. He runs like a vineyard now. He's not the angry young guy he kind of was. His his music just seems to have lost its emotion a little bit. Um, maybe he's it's like weird. trying it's weird watching, too hard. Some, watching some of these guys or listening to some of these guys, um, especially when you see them live. And they're like, like the who, when they're like teenage wasteland and they're singing all these songs. Um, yeah. There's someone on this list that I have that is notorious for this. And hearing that these old guys sing these angsty songs, you're kind of like, eh, this doesn't feel the same way as it did when I remembered, you know? Yeah. Like the who's saying, I hope I die before I get old. Well, you guys are old. So. <laughs> but yeah. But yeah, he just seemed to have lost his edge. Uh, you know, sometimes when you get a lot of money, and you, you get rich, some of these songwriters, they just seem to kind of lose that emotion and anger that they had when they were young, that kind of pumped out these great songs. Uh, so Eat the Elephant by A Perfect Circle, not very good. Definitely listen to the first two albums, but don't listen to that. <laughs> so what's your uh, first one? Uh, I have uh, Green Day, Insomniac. So this is their follow-up album to Dookie, which is probably their most popular album. Yeah. Um, this came out in 1995. Um, they went for more hardcore punk, I guess. Um, there's 14 songs on it. The only songs that I really like, well, probably like stuck with me and, uh, geek stink breath. Like the only songs I really care about the rest of them kind of suck. Um, yeah, I mean, I always, I always, I mean, when I was, uh, listening to these guys in grade school, I was always a big fan, and uh, I remember when this album came out specifically, and I was gravely disappointed. Me and mob people probably were because it was a different feel uh, mm-hmm. than than Dookie was, you know. And uh, it was it was very disappointing, and I think that's why it kind of stuck with me because I remember it when it came out. There has been songs and bands that have come out with albums that I completely changed my tune after listening to like uh pearl jam for example uh when yield came out i was like really disappointed in that album 
And I, I didn't like it at all. And then I, I don't know, a while ago, I listened to it again. I was like, this whole album's awesome. It's probably one of my favorite albums by them. And sometimes you just don't realize, you know, your taste when you're listening to it. But this album still holds up terribly and uh, not a, still not a fan of it, actually. So, yeah, it, 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 sometimes it's hard to follow such commercially successful, great albums. Uh, yeah. And they obviously didn't do it very well so no and- they, they did it, it, it wasn't even one of those things where oh maybe you know now that i've i've listened to other stuff and it's been out for a while i i'm still not a fan of it still not a fan right and then they they ended up coming back with like american idiot and all that stuff so yeah oh yeah the warning a bunch of a bunch of albums after this they they they're great i mean they're they're i do like them a lot so um you know this is this is not an album i care for at all yep. uh, actually it's probably one of their albums I don't like. Uh, probably the worst album I think in their collection. Yep, yep, man, that's it happens. Yeah. Uh, so kind of along the same actual uh, theme that you just had, this band had their third album is probably one of, in my opinion, another one of the greatest albums of all time. Uh, definitely, you know, top twenty for rock. You can even argue maybe top ten. And then they came with their fourth album and it just didn't do it and that would be radiohead and the, their uh, fourth album is called kid a <laughs> a is an apple uh, i think it stands for amnesiac actually uh, but kid a so the first album pablo honey really good you know really rock uh obviously they had creep is from pablo honey their big song right yeah uh then they had the bends and there's a lot of heavy rock songs on there a lot of heavy guitar just great um on second album then they come out with okay computer which is like yeah. I said, one of the best rock albums of all time i mean just from start to finish every song is yeah. amazing i mean his voice is just it's just it's like angelic like he has just a great yeah. soft voice my favorite album definitely by them for sure oh yeah it's, it's amazing uh johnny greenwood on guitar it's just 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 great musicians awesome but what they started doing on okay, okay computer was they started getting very it was kind of different from the first two albums. They added a little bit more electronic to it. Yes. But it was enough electronic and they had still enough guitars that it was, it, it worked and it was good. Well, with Kid A, they decided to go full electronic. Uh, even his vocals, like though they would like electronify. <laughs> I think I just made up a word, but <laughs> I like, would, like they would add this electronics to his voice. Uh, Johnny Greenwood's guitars were kind of gone. I guess he, pulled like an Eddie Van Halen and put down the guitar and pulled out a synthesizer or something instead. I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's like, dude, nobody wants to hear, you know, nobody wants to hear Eddie Van Halen play synthesizer. Nobody wants to hear Johnny Greenwood do that. Uh, yeah. What a waste. And he, and he went on to, to write um, movie soundtracks, actually. Like he did like there will be blood and there's a couple other big movies where he did the huh. soundtrack. So um, I guess it, this was the start of that for him where he was kind of artsy and experimental and, um, pushing the boundaries of music, I guess. Uh, I don't know if maybe I'm just too dumb and I, I like dumb rock and roll, <laughs> but um, this was too artsy for me, too electronic. And it, it, it signaled what Radiohead was going to kind of become, which I, I, they never, in my opinion, ever got to the level of OK Computer or even the first two albums uh, ever again. And uh, oh, Kid, a, Kid A was the start of that. So that's my for Radiohead, uh, my number two. What do you got? Yeah, yeah. There hasn't really been anything from them since, you know, since that one album, the third album that I've really even liked. So yeah, damn. Well, it's a shame. Yeah. Little side book story too is one time I know I don't think it wasn't this album. I think it was maybe the one after this. They decided they were going to do where you get to pay whatever you want. So you go into the store and you get to pay whatever you want for their album. They were so confident that their fans <laughs> loved them. Well, guess what happened? People just went in there and took it for free constantly. And they made like no money on it. Uh, not a very smart decision. Uh, they never so did that funny. again. But yeah, Radiohead, they've, they've released numerous albums, but it, you just don't really hear of them too much anymore. And, uh, yeah. yeah. All yeah. right. So my number three is uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers' Mother's Milk. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're, when this album came out, their guitarist... Slavak, um, no, I'm yeah. not saying the name. He died like right before this came out, so yeah. I know he really have any kind of connection on it. And their drummer, uh, something Irons, he left 
And uh, but they got Chad Smith for this, so that's pretty cool. Um, I like Chad Smith a lot as their drummer. Drummer. So uh, there's 13 songs on this album. The only song I like is a cover, and it's Higher Ground. Yeah. And uh, I don't like any of the other songs on this album. Uh, it's very California funk, I guess. I don't know. It's it's I I I'm not a fan of this album at all. No, but, me neither. Yeah, uh, they they have. The Chili Peppers are very cool with their like music videos and stuff like that, and I, I think they did some neat stuff with this. But f- besides that, I uh, not a fan of this album. And the Chili Peppers, another band I, I, I do like a lot, and uh, they have a lot of so- a lot of albums that I'm, I'm just not a fan of. Like if I came out with the greatest hits, you know, I'd, I'd be probably more into that than I would be like a specific album. No, but there is one album, uh, Californication. Yeah. I love that album. It's probably one of my top 10 favorite albums of all times. And uh, every single song on that album is awesome. Mm-hmm. So, yep. um, but yeah, they're, they're kind of, you know, even like one hot, one hot minute. Uh, there's like three songs on there. I like, so I'm not like, I'm very picky and choosy my chili peppers. Um, other than California that album's awesome. So that's, that's all I got for them. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's, I don't know if it's mother's milk or it's one hot minute. Now that you said that, one of those albums was uh, Dave Navarro from Jane's Addiction was the guitarist on it. Um, uh, yeah, I, I'm not too sure actually. I, yeah, I think it might have been Mother's Milk uh, because you just said, like you said, the guy died mm-hmm. um, uh, from I think like a drug overdose as well. And uh, yeah. I don't they didn't they didn't get Frusciante yet. I don't think Frusciante came until maybe Frusciante's one hit, one hot minute, or this might have been his first album. I forget. But I know that Dave Navarro did fill in on one of the albums. But yeah, it's it's it's, yeah. it's not very good. it's not very good. Um, my next one <laughs> now, a lot of people might argue that no album by this band is good, and they would be crazy, and they would just be haters, or they would be drinking, as the lead singer would probably say, haterade. They're drinking their haterade. So the first three albums of this band are awesome. I don't care what anybody says; they're awesome. Uh, and the fourth one's terrible. And the reason why it's terrible, I will get into. So the band I'm talking about is Limp Bizkit. Oh, and, yeah. yeah. I know you're a big fan. <laughs> I know our, our, our friend Sean is a very big fan of Limp Bizkit. Yeah. Um, people say, oh, Limp Bizkit's like a guilty pleasure. And I, I'm not guilty. I don't, feel, I don't feel any guilt about it at all. All right. So Their newest uh, album was awesome. Right. It, and it, it was it, another it, limp banger, as he says on there. Yeah, it's, it's right. <laughs> it was our comeback, and it really was. And, you know, it, it's funny. It's called Still Sucks, right? Yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, Significant Other, $3 Bill, y'all, and uh, hot dog flavor, ch- Chocolate Starfish and Hot Dog Flavored Water. Yeah, man. Which is funny. I actually just heard not too long ago. It's actually – that's that that album title is actually making fun of – Smashing Pumpkins. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's kind of funny. Um, what what is it? Mellow Melon Drama. Melancholy and something dreams or something. Yeah. Whatever. Um, so that's kind of funny. They're making fun of. But those three albums are just like awesome. I mean, just limp bangers, as you would say. (laughs) Uh, Just amazing. Then Wes Borland, the guitarist, who, in my opinion, is he's one of my favorite guitarists. He's just so cool. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe not technically the, the best or anything, but I just love the sound he produces and his, his persona is just so cool. Well, he left the band. And you could tell the sound just changed. Yeah. And he came out with his album called Results May Vary. And it's got a big green, big green Fred Durst face <laughs> on it. Uh, the results did vary. Yeah. <laughs> the, results, the results didn't vary. The results were just suck. That's what it was. <laughs> uh, they weren't being ironic like their new album where it still, it still sucks. This just this just sucked. So, this just sucks. Uh, <laughs> you can just tell with Westbourne leaving, the whole sound just changed. The guitar was not good. Uh, I guess Fred Durst had like maybe too much control on the music now with him gone. Um, or they just didn't have anybody that could really kind of get that driving music. I mean, Fred Durst was never this lyrical genius, you know. We never confu- we never confused him for like Pete Townsend or anything, uh, but uh, or Freddie Mercury or anything. But his lyrics you could get by because the music was so good. Well, they lost that. Now you had his kind of dumbish lyrics mixed with just really bad music. Um, there's one good song on here, which was the single, in my opinion. It's called "Eat You Alive." It's not bad for that kind of Limp Bizkit. 
uh, I introduced our friend Sean to a, a, an amazing song on this album and amazing. I'm doing air quotes here, uh, which is him and Snoop Dogg called red light, green light. It's probably one of their best songs. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's a song. It's definitely it teaches, a song. It teaches kids about safety. <laughs> it, does, it does. I think they started playing it in um, kindergartens actually. So yeah, that's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Limp Bizkit could, uh, could reach out to the community like that. Yeah, uh, Not good. Not a good album. So uh, I'm glad that they were able to come back. I think that was the last album till they came out with this other one, actually. I think that's the album that kind of like killed them. And obviously people were tired of the new metal scene and they became the poster child for hating on new metal. Mm-hmm. But yeah. those first three albums are awesome. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah. Just, just great songs. Just fun. Just fun songs. They didn't care. Uh, they didn't give an F, as they would say, uh, about what people thought. And, and it's it just just great songs. Uh, so three albums, the first three albums I've definitely listened to, skip the fourth album. What do you right. what do you got? Uh, I got another band that uh big fan of this band. I I've seen them I think three times live, which is pretty crazy. Wow. Uh, uh, Van Halen, uh, mm. fair warning. Yep. And fair warning, this album is awful. <laughs> uh, this album came out in 1981, uh, the band's lowest selling album. Um, it was mm. critically acclaimed, though. Um, so, I mean, people liked it. Uh, their lowest selling album with Dave Lee Roth, I should say. Right. Because, um, yeah, Sammy Hagar and the other guy that they got, um, that, that, that they probably were a lot lower. Um, yeah. David Lee's Roth. David Lee Roth's lowest is probably better than their highest. <laughs> um, there is a, there is one song on this album I do like a lot. Um, Unchained song's awesome. Uh, that's, oh come on, Mean Streets is great too. Mean Streets is a great song. Yeah, yeah, it's it's all right. I'm I'm okay. a, I'm all right I, with the, some of the songs on here. Are okay, they're yeah. not terrible. Uh, yeah. I just I'm a big Van Halen fan, and I just not a not a big fan of this this album. It's just it just I I, I always skip it. Like I said, there's a couple songs on here I, I will listen to, but uh, nothing yep. to write home about. Yep, almost made my list too, actually. Uh, yeah, and it's just again we love Van Halen, and and, mm-hmm. and in terms of other bands, it might still be a better album than some other artists out there, but for them just as a as their fourth album just uh doesn't compare to what came before or after right because he still had 1984 to come out so yeah i think that was like their next album after this i believe if not it was shortly after right uh so yeah i agree with you now my last one (laughs) can't have a podcast without some controversy right so this is gonna this is gonna piss off a lot of people and get a lot of people angry and i'm not saying the album's bad again I'm just saying for but it's number artist- one, it's number one on your list. So you're saying whatever this album is, the Limp Biscuit album was better than it. No, 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 no. <laughs> That's I, what you're saying. That's what you're I'm saying. Not, in this, I'm not. I didn't go with that order. I saved this one for last so that people, <laughs> okay. people didn't turn off our podcast from anger and actually listen to the other stuff we talked about. Because this is going to get a lot of people mad. And again, it's it's it, it's a good album. It's just for this band at the time. And it's their fourth album, right? That's all we're talking about is their fourth. Uh, just uh, what came before, literally, and what came literally after. It just doesn't compare. So, all said and done, I am talking about And Justice for All by Metallica. Oh, God. Here we go. Uh, here we go. Here we go. Here comes all the hate mail. Can't believe you think the yeah. Limp Biscuit is better than, than uh... I, I did not say that. I just saved this one from my <laughs> So uh, it's got one of their best songs of all time, which is one, just a great yeah. song. Awesome song. And it's got good songs like Blackens. They're good songs. So Cliff Burton just died, right? This is their first album without Cliff Burton. Supposedly, J- Jason Newstead is on it, supposedly. But if you, hear, if you hear a lot of Metallica fans and a lot of metal critics out there, there's barely any bass on it. Now, some people think that's, an homage to Cliff Burton that they kind of didn't have a lot of bass on it because they lost him. 
I don't think so. I think it was maybe like an ego thing mm-hmm. where they wanted to, since it was this brand new bassist, uh, they kind of, the, whoever did the mixing just kind of mixed him really low and really pumped up the guitars and the drums and all that stuff. So not a lot of bass on it, which I'm a huge bass person. So yeah. that's disappointing. Uh, but then when you take into context, so literally the album before you have Master of Puppets, which is just, uh, I mean, wh- again, another, another album that's maybe one of the greatest albums of all time. You have Master of Puppets. And then the opposite side of it, literally a couple years later, you have um, the Black Album, which is obviously what shot Metallica into the stratosphere because they were still very underground with those other albums. Yeah. Underground metal, you know, because hair metal was so popular at the time. So they were underground metal. And then here comes 1991 Black Album and just, I mean, Enter Sandman and Unforgiven and Nothing Else Matters and all the songs on there. Just, yeah. That's just like the made them one of the biggest bands of all time, right? Yeah. So when you take it into context there, again, we only concentrated on the fourth album of bands. And for this, for Metallica, obviously it's a, it's a much better album than most other bands still. But it just it just doesn't compare to what they did before and what they ultimately did after, um, and even when you take their first five albums there, which most fans consider their their you know their best, from Kill 'Em All and Ride Lightning and then Master Puppets and Injustice Injustice for All and and uh, Black Album, it's it's just the weakest out of them. Um, yeah. And I just I hold the talk in such high regard, especially in that early years, that it it, it could have been better, despite having one of their best songs of all time. Uh, and one, the rest of it, it, it could have been better. It just could have been better. Obviously, they showed that with the black album, what they could still do. So that's why I have it on there. Everyone's going to be really mad, but that's my, that's my reasoning. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of, I, it's tough to put it on a bad list, though. Like, that's, that's, it's, it's, a, it's a ballsy move. I, uh, it's <laughs> definitely out of the, like you said, out of the four or the five albums, the early albums. It's definitely, I think, I would put at the end of all those, but uh, I couldn't put it on a bad list. It's, it's definitely their one of their weaker ones. Like I said, out of their older ones. Um, but yeah, man, that's, Hey, that's pretty crazy. Pretty <laughs> you put it as your number one. So I did it. <laughs> all right. Well, what's your number one? I mean, I can't believe that Radiohead album is, is better than. I did not say that. That is That's definitely not wild, true, man. Hundred percent not true. Okay, so my number one. We know your number one was, oh, but <laughs> number one worst. Uh, so I'm taking you back in time when I was in high school. Um, I was That's a big time. fan of this band, and so was everyone else that was in my high school. I guess. Um, Blink One Eighty Two, take off your pants and jacket, came out in two thousand one. Uh, it came right after Enema of the State, and uh, <laughs> yeah, this album's bad, it's really bad. And Enema of the State, Blink 22 fans all know this is like this is their black album, so uh, it was it was a very good album. Almost every song on there is awesome. I know if, you, if you're not a fan of punk music or pop punk, I guess they are, you, you, you won't like Blink 22, but uh, take off your pants and jacket, um. Which, if you say it a certain way, you can understand why they named it that. Uh, <laughs> the <laughs> yeah, they're very clever. Um, this really doesn't have too many great songs on it. There's 13 songs on there, and the rock show, which is a pretty good song, I would say, is the best song on there. Uh, I uh, I was a big fan of Blink 182. Uh, there was a radio station called Y100 in this area. And I actually won tickets to go see Blink-182 take off your pants and jacket tour. So I was like really excited to uh, go see them on this tour. And they were awful. It was probably one of the worst concerts I've ever been to. And they sounded terrible. Uh, I, I found out later that the reason, one of the reasons why they sounded so bad is because this was like their breakup album for the most part. Like they fought a lot. The first three albums they had, they were like having fun with it still. And this album, they had a lot of creative differences. It can, you kind of can tell it on the on the album. It it's and then when you saw them live, they did not have any chemistry, and it was it was bad. Their jokes didn't land. It was terrible. But they redeemed themselves because I saw them on their comeback tour 
uh, when they all got back together, I think um, their drummer just got out of some crazy like plane accident. He almost died. Uh, and, yeah. yeah. So they came back. He wanted them to come back and tour. So they did. And that concert was awesome. Like they, they think Travis Barker was on the, he's playing the drums and the, they did that thing where they lift it up in the air and spin it around while he's playing. And it was, it was so cool. And uh, they sounded great. They had really good chemistry. And uh, yeah, it was, I guess, cause they were just happy to be back together. And uh, it was, it was an awesome concert. Um, not the best concert I've been to. Don't get me wrong, but it was, they were very good. It, it was way better than, on this specific album and this specific tour. So I have, a, there's a lot of reasons why I don't like this album. And uh, yeah, I mean that, that concert was such a letdown, you know, and uh, cause I was a big fan at the time and they were in, they were in their hype. They just got off their, their biggest album. They had all these music videos. They're on TRL back in the day. So it's, this was a, this was a, a kick to the gut to me, this album and uh, even the concert itself. I don't know. I don't know why I would go, to a concert when i didn't like the, the uh, <laughs> album but you know they play their they always play their hits but like i said they they didn't have the chemistry and they did play their hits and uh it was, it was bad so that's mm, that. yeah I was never a blink 182 fan but yeah uh, it's, it's always disappointing when you have a a band like that that just kind of can't get together and creates something not good um okay so that is our Top four, fourth best, and fourth worst albums of our, our, our artists that we like. 